are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hey, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. <laughs> Just trying to like stoic like, straight face that. I was like, so, uh, right. <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin, and to my left is the Joey to my Chandler. Michael D. How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing Joey great. Joey doesn't great, share man. food. How, how are you doing dude, on this episode 98? Dude, I am great. I probably have more energy right now in this moment today than I have all day. So I'm, yeah. I'm doing great, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because it's yeah. like 10 o'clock at it night. Is, it's 10 o'clock at night right now, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Well, dude, you know, before it's we It's my get... cute wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cute wine left over from last week. Right. <laughs> hey, uh... <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, before we get into the show, you guys, we have to thank, thank our incredible sponsors. Mad shout out to Dar Shackow Insurance for their continued support of our show. These guys specialize in all kinds of insurance, y'all. Like everything. Listen to me. You need general liability for your business? Boom. They got it. You need garage liability for your business? Boom. They got it. You need your property. You need your you need your property in your business insured? Boom. They got it. You need your work and personal vehicles insured? Boom. You got it. <laughs> you need health insurance for your team? Boom. You got it. You need your boat insured? Boom. You got it. <laughs> you need your special event insured? Boom, 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 you got it. You guys, you need EPLI? Listen, oh, oh, what's that? That's right, the Employment Practices Liability Insurance that you never even heard of, that you don't even know you need. Boom, they got it. So make sure you contact it, you guys. They insure all of our stuff. John is telling me about it. <laughs> Seriously, John Dar is telling me about an insur- new insurance like every 72 hours. Like a policy for our policies? <laughs> Uh, seriously, before this recording, I, te- I texted him and I asked, I said, hey, I said, hey, buddy, if you had to guess the number of insurance types available that you sell, what's the number? What Do you, do you know the answer? What no, do you think, no, what do you think? no, I mean, I just saw it in the notes, but if I had uh, to guess, if I had to guess, I would have been somewhere in maybe like, you know, 40, 50. Yeah. 126 different types of insurance. You guys, make sure your business is covered. Make sure your house is covered. Make sure your family is covered. Protect everything. Volcano insurance. We haven't had one in a while. (laughs) Volcano. (laughs) You guys, contact our friends at Dar Shackout Insurance at 352-338-0552 or visit them at darshackowinsurance.com. That's D-A-R-R-S-C-H A-C-K-O-W insurance.com. They are incredible and they will take excellent care of you guys. And uh, thank you so much, John Dar and family over at Dar Shackow for sponsoring our podcast. And go follow them on YouTube. He's trying to get his YouTube follower up, right? Dude, he's going to get yeah, it. He's going to get, get, get it. He's been hustling hard. I want to make sure he gets it. What is it? Was that 100 that he was trying to get? Or 1,000? Yeah, it was 1,000. I was going to say 100 subscribers. He's trying to get him to 1,000. Go follow John Dar, Dar Shackel on YouTube and uh, help him help him reach that goal. He's got great content, too. Yeah, he does. So, You ready to get into the show, I man? I am stoked. 
This is like, he's already giving me a shade about my cute wine and everything. That's where that came from. Colin's drinking uh, vodka Red Bulls. He's got some uh, captain and I've, yeah. I've got the cute wine apparently. We've had, so. we've, had, we've had a really good time tonight. Uh, today on the show, we have Dr. Joe Johnson, keynote speaker and peak performance coach with the Joe Johnson Group. My friend, what is up? Welcome to our show. What's up, man? Great to see you, man. Great to see you. Having so, haven't seen you in a while. I know, man. Yeah, That's so, what I was just telling him. I was like, so so when we when we first met, uh-huh. it was in Starbucks, yeah, right? In Starbucks. And I remember you handed me like one of the the, the flyers for your new yeah, book. You had yeah. a new book that was, that had just come out. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So how did that happen? Was this just like you guys were standing in line for coffee? Like what what was the the genesis no, of I the moment? I, I think I was just sitting. I think I was sitting at one of the tables, yeah. or like we were. Or maybe it was like one of the long tables or something. Probably, probably because of, I don't remember. Yeah, because I just remember for me, it's like I might have heard something or saw you. Was like I think that's the guy. From, I don't know. So it was for me. It's always about connecting and just say, "Hey, how you doing?" It's what I do. Let's connect. Keep it moving. I yeah. love that. About it. <laughs> I love you, that. You recognize about him from like just Gainesville or the scooter guy or was it the podcast? Like, how did you recognize? Him? We didn't what? even have the podcast no, going. The, then. Yeah, the oh, podcast okay, yeah. wasn't going on, but it, it was. It was just the scooters, and I th- you might have had a. You probably had a shirt on or something. I don't remember exactly, but hey, if any, if I look at people and they look at me, a shirt on. Well, a shirt with the logo, <laughs> like a scooter shirt. I hope he had a shirt on the Starbucks. You're like, oh my gosh, that's that cool scooter guy. I want to connect with him. <laughs> that's how it went down, I'm pretty right, sure. Right, But yeah, it was, it was just like, hey, how you doing? Boom, you know, connect. And that's what it's about, man. Everything's about relationships. Sure. Yeah, so um, you, like, went to the University of Florida for, uh, uh, well, how about this? Tell us your story. <laughs> That's how we like to start anyway. Just like, yeah, tell us your origin story, man. Tell, okay. us, tell, tell us all about you, and then I'll just ask a whole bunch of questions from there. Absolutely, absolutely. So, my, I, I had the luxury of living on a military base, and then once my parents got divorced, I moved to what a lot of people would call the hood, right? Um, and so, my, my whole goal when I was younger was to get out of that neighborhood. And I ended up earning a... Where was this at? In Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, 53206, they say, has the highest incarceration rate for black males in America. Hmm. And you wouldn't think that because it's Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right? But you go to Milwaukee, you'd be like, oh, wow, this isn't what I thought it was, right? And it's a great place and a lot of good things to do there, but certain areas, it's rough, like any other city. But... I use sports to get out of that um, environment. And what I sport? So I played football and basketball my whole life. And I ended up playing football and basketball my first year in college. And I went to a community college because I only graduated with a 1.6. And I was way in Arizona. I left Milwaukee, went way to Arizona. And I ended up getting cut from the football team. And I was killing. And everybody was like, how did you get cut? And I was like, I have no idea. So I ended up playing basketball. Then I, you know, I was doing a little, a little bit of both. But anyways, ended up at a Division II school, was tearing it up, had some workouts with some NFL teams. Uh, when that didn't work, it was like, what do you do? You're playing sports your whole life, and you're like, oh, here come that money, right? But I realized when I got older, I didn't really love football. I didn't love it. It just, I was just good at it. Um, and so from there, I ended up going to graduate school after I knew football was done, even though I only had a 2.4 coming out of undergrad. Um, I went to graduate school and ended up being a school counselor. So I worked in K through 12 for a minute. And I, then I worked in corporate doing sales and I was great at sales. Ooh, they loved me at Enterprise. I used to work at Enterprise. They loved me there. Um, <laughs> then I worked in higher ed. I ended up at the University of Florida uh, 
I had two positions at the University of Florida. And at the same time, when you understand the system, you know that when you work at certain universities, they pay for your PhD. So what I did was, I got my PhD paid for at the University of Florida. And through all of that work experience from K through 12 to higher ed and corporate America, it was like, ah, this is cool, but this ain't it. All right, real quick. So how does one just end up at the University of Florida? Like, <laughs> you, like you just, you saw a position that was open and you applied for it because no. you were in Arizona and you're like, let me go to, <laughs> let me go to Florida now. Like, I mean, no, no, no. So, so what happened was I, Arizona was early in my undergrad. Okay. I went to four different undergrads. Okay. Ended up graduating from Saginaw Valley State, but my master's was at Western Michigan and that's where I met my wife. Just because you like to travel the United States? Yeah, you like, know, <laughs> I, I was used to it, like, right? I just like to go to school. Hey, like, you know. Four I, different undergrads, so I, let's go. I had to figure out what was the best place for, best place for me, right? Okay. When you're playing sports. But uh, my my I met my wife during my master's at Western Michigan University, and she ended up getting a position here. Uh, she's a psychologist, Dr. Brandy Pritchard Johnson, and I ended up coming and getting a position as well. I didn't know we were going to end up here, and that's when you know I was working full time and doing my PhD. Yeah. So someone that has a 1.6 GPA, I'm surprised you remember it because mine were probably equally low and I have <laughs> shot them out of my memory. I couldn't tell you anyway. <laughs> someone that has a 1.6 GPA and then a 2.4 GPA. Did, and then you became a counselor. Like, I, I'm already completely intrigued by the fact that like, you had to have some counselors, some teachers that were just like, who, who is this guy? Like, did, did, did you have any... Like haters, they didn't believe you would make it, and then you go and get a PhD. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Well, I always tell people I'm the I'm the ultimate hustler, right? I'm the ultimate. Like, I can learn anything, and a PhD isn't hard. It's just tedious, and you got to learn how to get through it. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted to be the speaker that I am, and do a lot of training around the country and soon around the world, and write books and all that stuff. And I knew that a PhD would no be nothing but a tool for me, right? I'm I'm. I'm highly educated in a specific area, but it's a tool. It's not, you know, people think they get a PhD and then they're rich. No, it don't work like that. How are you going to use your education mm -hmm. in multiple ways? So that's how I look at my PhD. So I was a chronic underachiever. Uh, chronic. Chronic. I mean, real bad. Just to be clear. clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, a very, in a very maybe similar way. Um, and, and the one thing that really grinded me one time was, like, I just wasn't a good student. I didn't care. Yeah. It wasn't because I wasn't smart. It wasn't because I didn't get it. I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. And I got to 10th grade, and I, I was always in these honors classes because that's where all my friends were, and that's where I should have been. And I just didn't want to put in the work. And then I had this, it was an honors algebra, 10th grade, high school, and I'll get to the point. The, <laughs> this woman was actually convinced that I was dumb. Right. She thought I was dumber than anything. And she called a conference with my parents and said, your kid is not smart enough to be in my class. Hmm. And I'm just sitting here like, oh my, my dad, probably wanted to pop me for having to listen to that, <laughs> but he hears that and is just like, wow, she doesn't get it, does she? Yeah. Um, I, I haven't made it in life, I haven't done anything, but there are still times that like that I, I feel mm -hmm. her, and I'm like, man, I wish I could just show you who I am today for yeah. the fact that you would even say that I was too dumb to be in your class. Right. So, and, and now to be fair, I armed her with that because I didn't try. Uh -huh. Is uh -huh. there anybody like that for you where you come out with, you get a PhD from the University of Florida <laughs> that you just wanna go back and be like, there you go. 
Well, you know what's funny? Um, and yes, to answer your question, there are people like that. But however, I was always, um, I always had a positive attitude. I was fun. I would do some things that people didn't know, right? But a lot of people liked me because I smiled a lot. Um, but I, you know, didn't take no mess, right? Didn't take no mess. But what I will say is, Western Michigan, when I went there, and I love Western Michigan. That's where I started doing a lot of work in the community, all kind of fun stuff. But they asked me to apply for the PhD. I did. They interviewed me. Then they denied me. I was like, how do you ask me to apply for your PhD program and then you deny me? Right. And so for me, I was like, oh, so what you're doing is telling me I can't get through a PhD program. Came to a school that was ranked even higher. Did it in three years and 10 months and got out of here. And what they do, they asked me to come back. Hey, be in our alumni magazine. Which I was like, no problem. Cool. Kill them with success. That's what you do. Kill them with success. So you're, are you in the magazine? Yeah. Oh, no. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Take it to them, baby. Yeah. Say University of Florida grad. <laughs> well, one of, my, one of my former professors, he said, you know what? I always bring your name up in meetings. So I'm representing for you down here at Western Michigan. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, that... So this this is really cool because I'm like reflecting back to that moment where we met in that Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, you know, so many people tell me, oh, you can't really, you can't build relationships through social media. You can't build mm-hmm. relationships. I mean, we established a relationship mm-hmm. in that Starbucks. That was that was the first time we had ever yeah, met. Yeah. And then from there, I'm like, dude, this guy's cool. Like, I'm gonna connect with this guy. Like, so I started following your, you know, stuff on Instagram, mm-hmm. on social media, and I'm like, dude, this guy's legit. <laughs> like, this guy, like, this guy's got it. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you you recognize that in people. Right. You're like, man, this guy's got it. Right. And I started really following your content. And I remember like when I said, hey man, when you're back in town, like like hit me hit me up. Let's, let's definitely connect when you're in Gainesville. Let's yep. go grab coffee. Well, and uh, so it just happened that you're coming back to Gainesville, and uh, so we got you here on the podcast. Yeah, it's super, super exciting. Uh, but, um, but man, yeah, like I guess just uh, I don't know. Just, just think, well, real quick, like what what's bringing you to Gainesville right now? A vacation. Um, okay. take, taking our kids to Orlando but my wife when we left she hadn't been back to Gainesville since we left three years ago um, and so it was good to, for her to come back you know we'll go on campus connect with some of the folks there but also just you know we, we did some cool things here man so it was great to come back to a town like this and just you know reconnect with folks and a lot of people left but a lot of people are still here so and then also to do this man like you know this is dope because I follow you as well like I mean you like the reputation I, I like people who have you know you built something from the ground up it's, it's, it's banging right and so I pay attention to how people move and so I was happy to come back and do this. Um, what years were you at the University of Florida getting your PhD and stuff? So I got here in 2011, left in 2017. I started the PhD in 2013 and I was out of there in 2016. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about like the, the this uh, speaker career yeah. that has really started to like to go yeah right i mean i mean i like watch your stuff and yeah. like and i and i see you uh you know grab a phone and record something that's on your mind mm-hmm. and like and these, these things you know it, it's funny because i always i mean through my, my content and the stuff that i'm telling i'm telling like man everybody has a story like yeah. you got to share your story tell your story like but so many people are afraid of being judged they're so afraid of you know like ah oh, colin like nobody cares what i have to say like nobody cares what i have to say mm-hmm. and i'm like man that's just not true like you right. really don't know who you're impacting and you create this content i watch the stuff and there's a variety of different topics and 
I mean, and it's fantastic. Thank like, you. Like, it's fantastic, Thank man. You. So, like, <laughs> talk to me about, like, you know, going from getting your PhD mm-hmm. to becoming this really incredible motivational speaker. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, the things that I'd be interested in knowing, like, how did speaking gig number one come along, mm-hmm. right? How did, when did you start getting paid to speak? Um, how does one go about getting paid uh-huh. <laughs> to speak? Uh-huh. You know, like some of, the, some of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So can you tell me a little bit about that story? Yeah, so I started, um, 2006 was probably my first talk, I guess. And I went back and listened to it. It was awful. Oh my God, it was <laughs> Do you awful. remember where it was and yeah, like who it was with? My or? grandfather has a church. Okay. And he let me speak uh, about Father's Day. And I was listening to it like, get me off the mic right now. Like, it sucked, right? Oh, man. But I mean, we all go back and look at certain things that we did and we're like, oh. you were like, you were speaking about Father's Day? I was speaking. Okay, yeah. were, were you a father at that point? You said you have kids now. No, but I, I was speaking about how like, like, a father is extremely important okay. in a child's life. Okay. Right. Um, but I started to speak when I was in my master's program and I was just doing it because, hey, you're a master's student. Can you come speak to this class or speak to these students? Okay. And people, were, they would really listen. I was like, wow. But it was one day I was the um, co-advisor for a student organization and they brought in a speaker that came in. We picked her up from the airport. She spoke for 45 minutes we took her right back to the airport and then we gave her her check for 13.5. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, oh, so this can be whoa. a career, right? I, I didn't think about it as a career. And I began to take it seriously, but I spoke for free for about four and a half years. My first check was maybe $200, $250. And I always tell people that Speaking is an art form, like being an actor or a music artist. Like everybody can't do it, but you go on LinkedIn, what do you see? Keynote speaker, speaker this. We're like, no, you're not. Anybody could talk, but everybody can't speak, right? And so there's there's a big difference. And you know, for me, it was putting in that time, learning how to put myself out there. You know, obviously the little stuff like videos, having a website. But what's most important is a lot of people do it because they think they can make a lot of money right away or get some money. And it is it's cool. You can get paid a lot of money but the reality is if you don't love it and and it's not like just in you you'll never be good at it you know what i'm saying so for me it's i'm serious about it so when people come hey i want to be a speaker i'm like you sure like why because i take it i take it serious it's the same way if somebody come in and say you know i do your business too you're gonna you know you're gonna have a few questions for him am i right you know so uh i take it extremely serious as a speaker it's an adrenaline rush isn't it yeah yeah. Like I love the feeling, uh, the way I tried, the way I describe it is like when I was in college, like I played trumpet in this local ska band. Uh-huh. I like bounce around from stage, from stage to stage here in Gainesville. And like we get on there and I just loved being on stage yeah. and the adrenaline rush that, that I would get from that. Mm-hmm. And, and now like speaking is the same way. Yep. Like I get up there and there's just this fulfillment of like really inspiring a group of people and then having them reach out to you later yeah. or even afterwards being like, man, like you really touched me, like you really impacted my life. Yeah. Um, and it's even more fulfilling when they reach out to you like six months later and yeah. like, hey, like I heard you speak at this event and I made this change in my life and this is where I'm at now, yeah. you know? Like yeah. that, that feeling mm-hmm. is like the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, so, but 
Well, well, let me say this because you just sparked something in my mind, okay. right? You, you just sparked something because I, I shared with you that I, I played sports and, I, you know, I worked out for NFL teams and that didn't work. And having worked in K-12, higher education in corporate America, and when I said, you know, this can't be my life, there's no way. What I realized was that I needed to find a career that gave me the same high as the sports when I was playing sports. You get out on that field or on that court, all eyes on you, like you, you ready. Speaking is the same thing. You mm-hmm. practice, you get out there all eyes on you is go time right and so it really helped me to just feel good in a space and like you said you're adding value to people's lives like I get emails like I was depressed I was thinking about killing myself like you never know who's in the audience right right so I love it that's what I always tell people like I'm like you don't even know who you're impacting unless they really make the attempt you know, or take the time rather, take the time to actually send you a message and say, hey, like this really impacted me. Like you never know. Right. And you're creating content and you're putting or sending out a message out there uh, by by speaking on stage that's literally changing somebody's life. And yep. that's that that's so cool. Um, so I'm like really into this right now because <laughs> and, and the reason being is because in the last six months, I've started to round this curve where mm-hmm. I'm starting to actually get paid to speak on stage which is which is really cool um went to columbus ohio uh in september ohio state no it was uh for an event called aim expo so it was within our industry okay the motorsports industry um i mean you can tell me about but i thought i did pretty well yeah (laughs) there was like some minor technical difficulties that were out of anybody's control but no i mean the speech was great and and everybody basically my technology was way ahead of their projection (laughs) (laughs) i like the newest laptop and things weren't syncing up correctly right uh so i ended up working through a couple kinks but um but I got paid, got paid to speak uh-huh. and been paid to speak, you know, locally this year already. And I'm getting paid to speak um, next month. You know, I'm going to Jacksonville and like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> you know, I'm cloud nine. It I'm feels like, good, I'm like, right? Now, now I'm doing this and I'm getting paid to do it. This is like, this is awesome, right? Right, right. I mean, so I, like, what is your advice to somebody who who is in that? You know, like I've been an entrepreneur for 16 years. I'm starting to really um, connect with, don't get me wrong. I love to be an operator of a company. Mm-hmm. I love being a, like a CEO running a business. Um, you know, that, that is fun for me. Um, speaking is like a glorified side hustle, just Uh like podcasting Uh is, Uh (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, but like, what's your advice for somebody like me Mm -hmm. who is just, just getting started and really starting to find that groove? I mean, how I, I I didn't even know what to charge. Like you know, I don't even know what to charge. Right. You know, like right. what do I charge somebody? I mean, what like what did you charge somebody the first time? Mm-hmm. How did mm-hmm. you figure that out? Yeah. I mean, let me let me. I'm gonna ask you a question that I yeah, ask yeah. a lot of people who I work with, and you know, and moving them from them saying I'm a speaker to a paid speaker. Right. I have something called the speaker hack that I, that I have. But you know, my question is, how much do you think your information is worth? In a keynote specifically, an hour-long keynote, what do you think that value is? Shoot for the stars, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I would say in a in a dude, that's such a hard question. Like, where's the 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 context to to that question? You know, because I think it depends on. I mean, like, do you start analyzing it from like, oh, like, well, how big is how big is the audience? How big of a group am I speaking to? You no, know, no. <laughs> think about yourself. Okay. Well, you you know what you bring cost. to the table. So, so I've. Uh, 
the the value that I put on it when people ask me is like uh, my my time is four thousand seven hundred fifty dollars okay. for an hour okay. if I travel outside of town uh-huh. and then I tell people when I'm inside of Gainesville I'm so invested in the success of this community which right. is why like we do this podcast for number one right like and by hiring me to come speak to your organization here in Gainesville um, all of the money gets feeded right back into this podcast uh-huh. um, so I do it for, like heavily discounted right? right where it's usually like a thousand bucks okay. um i don't know if that's like the right answer <laughs> i don't know if that's like the the right amount um, you know and 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 if i'm being completely honest in i would say in my 16 years i've had uh I, i've not valued myself enough okay mm-hmm. i'm definitely one of these guys that's a little hard on myself mm-hmm. that's like oh like i mean here i am saying like you know, people say, oh, people don't care what I have to say. Um, I'm I'm kind of like, like people don't want to pay me for what I have to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right, so right. I, I think I'm, I think I'm tough on myself yeah. um, and I don't give myself enough uh, enough value or enough credit okay. um, for for the experience and the knowledge and the value that I can bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me hearing you is, you know, you got to come from the mindset that people will always pay you more for what you know than what you do, right? And you know a hell of a lot. Like, you've run a successful business, and I'm still learning all of the other stuff that you know, right? And, and, and through, you know, our ability to build our relationship, I'm going to learn even more. And so one of the things that I will share with you is, like, you know, obviously you know the audience that you're going for. If it's corporate, you know that they have higher amounts of money to pay speakers or trainers. Um, I'm, I'm going to put you on some other game. Uh, I, nobody will ever hear me call myself a motivational speaker. Why? Because I know in the K-12 space, they don't often hire motivational speakers. You can say I'm a trainer, and you go in, you will speak, but knowing the business in that market, they're not gonna hire somebody that says, well, I'm just, the mo-. they don't want motivation, right? What do you bring, you know what I mean? So understanding the business, because a lot of times we spend so much time working in the bu- or on the business instead of in the business, right? Uh, or sorry, in the business <laughs> instead of on the business, and oftentimes you gotta have the business mindset of a speaker as well. So, you know, I think we're gonna have a longer conversation off the podcast, because <laughs> it's deep, but I, I want you to understand that what you have is way more valuable than 4750 or whatever you're charging. And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with that rate because that's good money, right? That's great money, actually. $1,000 is great for an hour, right? Uh, compared to what everybody, what a lot of people are making in America, just in general. But I, I think I just want you to think about what you have and what you bring to the table. And I will say I think the value is more than that. How much did you make on your first page? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred bucks. About two hundred dollars. Two hundred fifty. Um, but how much do you make now? It just depends on where I go. Like, you know, it arranged from 25 to 11.5. Like, you know, corporate is, you know, my, my model this year is switching from doing a lot of college and K through 12 to doing more corporate, right? Because instead of me doing three, four, five K through 12 college gigs, I could almost get that in one corporate gig. You know what I mean? And so, and, and a lot of times, and I've worked in all those sectors. Right. So I think you have that's why it's important to learn your audience and learn where you can go. But also, you don't have to just set yourself up for one particular audience. I, I, I speak to elementary students all the way up to corporate America. And they're like, how do you do that? I set myself up like that. All right. So um, do you have representation or is it just you? Like well, you so, have a speaker 
bureau or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's so funny is, um, just got off a call with them last week, and we just split ways. Um, okay. Just because it was, it was cool, but it wasn't working the way that we both wanted to work. And there's no no love lost, so I'm back to just me, and I'll probably have some representation soon. But uh, it's a hustle. Yeah. It's a hustle, but I love I love the hustle, and part of it, it more than the hustle is just I meet a lot of people. You know, it's about relationships. It's cool, man. Yeah. M- money aside, is there? I mean, you talked about doing the K through twelve circuit and then the corporate. Is there is there one that you'd rather rather do, or that's more gratifying for you to speak to? No, man, because you know, at, there's there's so much that you could bring, and you know, you got the young ones, you could bring a lot to them, but then you got. I'm not gonna call them old, but seasoned individuals, right? There's there's so much that you can bring to them. I just love the art of bringing value to people and sharing things in a way where they're like, I didn't think about it like that, right? Sometimes I'll say the most basic stuff, but it's the way that I say things, they're like, wow. And I, sometimes I go, I'm like, that wasn't even that deep, but they took <laughs> it like, oh my goodness, right? But it added value to where they are in their lives. So I can't discount what I said, you feel me? Is it easier to have an impact on an impressional group of people, but maybe is kind of confined by their ability to think, the the younger crowd, Mm -hmm. or higher level level thinkers that are probably too hardened in their ways to maybe even receive an impact? Yes, so for me it hasn't been because I love what I do so much and because I've practiced so much and I've had so many different opportunities to grow and develop the skill I haven't really had a a hard time with any audience outside of the audience that feels like they know everything Mm. right but even in those rooms there's only a couple of people that act like that it's not the entire room right and sometimes uh, my background is counseling so I I have to call the elephant out in the room and that's what I do. But there's a strategic way to do that. Right. So um, both have there. I'm not going to say it's easy, but I've learned the skill to navigate to do all of those spaces. Sure. Yeah. So one of the things I, I immediately latched on to, you talked about your, your history in sports and, and the, the high speed, you know, how, how do you replicate that? Cause you're used to, you're used to that. Um, I think back to, we had Dan Wiseman on, I think it was around episode 79. He came from a military background, uh-huh. life or death situation. You're leading people into battle and, and then you come back to civilianhood and nothing really matters like right. it used to. Uh, Ahmad talked about that, Ahmad Black in episode around 43 or so from a sports standpoint. So that being- Hold on, a, like you're like around 43 or so, like are these like the actual episodes? I, I, like I, am, I, I am guessing, but I think that I'm somewhere close. Like I'm gonna be amazed yeah. if these are like the actual episodes. <laughs> somebody he, hit it, he hit it right on the money. Somebody around go back 43. and check me, and if I'm like plus or minus five on the aggregate, then I'll give myself a pat on the back. Um, but it, it's definitely, um, it's a real thing that I'm learning. You're just in doing this podcast that like something I've never considered before because I've never been in either of those fields. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's a piece of advice or anything, but how do you, how do you navigate that? Somebody that's been in a situation where that it's high speed or it's high stakes, and then they come back down to normal world, <laughs> and and how do you motivate them and get them to buy into whatever it is they're doing? Like like what is that like? You know, there's a you have a lot of people that's been through a lot. And a, a, a lot of individuals have a, they develop a certain mindset where it's almost like they're stuck. And sometimes you won't get through to an individual until 
you've tapped an area within their soul, right? And so what, the, what I mean by that is you have to figure out where they're hurting. You feel me? And, and this is what I mean by that is sometimes you have people that, like the bully, let's take the bully for example. The bullies, hey, I'ma beat you up, give me your lunch money, I hate you, social media talking crazy. But when you figure out that maybe they don't have a father in their life, right? You figure out where they're hurting and you tap into that, they soften up. So it gives you a, an opportunity to go even deeper and for them to open up. But the you know, you know, the the hard part is figuring out what that spot is and how to tap that. So that's why when I go places, especially corporate or entrepreneur events, I ask so many questions. There's so many meetings. I want to speak to who's bringing me in, like the 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 team that's bringing me in, but then I want to speak to some of the employees without you all. Right. Because I'm getting that information to help me to build what I'm taking to the table the day that I have to speak or do the training. So you ask a lot of questions, but how walk me through selling that trust, that that vulnerability. I mean, you're you're asking people to be super vulnerable. How do you get them to that point where they're willing to talk about it? My background is counseling, bro. (laughs) Yeah, but give me the way. There's there's a there's a level of speaking with people and for okay let me give you a prime example if I go into a room and I'm meeting with somebody for the first time the one thing that I will never do is start talking about myself first I'll start with hey you know I'm Dr. Joe Johnson I've heard so much about you or I'm, I'm, I really want to learn more about what you do and just tell me a little bit about just you know so I let them speak and some people are like well why are you here and I say you know i I'm not here to, I I really want to just learn about you and your organization or some of the things that you bring to the table because I've heard from you from this person or that person and I just wanted to come learn from myself, right? So I'm, I'm pushing for them to share with me so I know where to begin. Beautiful. So that's how I I know I was looking for a specific answer, but you know, I mean, I think that's beautiful. It's, that's, I don't know, in a way it's kind of exactly what I wanted to hear without knowing that. Yeah, because, you know, think about us. If somebody comes in, here and maybe they want to work for you or work with you, whatever it may be, and they just start maybe bragging on themselves, but you feel like they don't have any interest in what's going on. Like you want to know what's going on before you put yourself in this, you know, so for me, it's all about getting to know who you are before I open my mind. Well, it's hard to do, right? Because I think there's also an aspect that you want to sell yourself as an expert. Mm-hmm. You, you want you want someone to have a reason to want to trust you. But part of the expertise is knowing how to listen. And if you can't listen, how are you going to be an expert? Because you, when I'm, when, I'm in, when I'm having a dialogue with you, what I've learned is I'm going to use the language that you use. For prime example, some people around, around the world say, you know, the African-Americans in the United States, some people say, you know, black, blacks in the United States. So if I'm having that conversation, I hear you say, well, the blacks in the United States, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, the black, instead of saying African-Americans, because I'm speaking your language. Mm-hmm. You follow me? So it's a, whatever it may be, you want to speak their language. Right. And that and that goes for anything. Uh, I, I look at emails. What type of language are they using? Right. We're trying to build the culture and the climate in our company, uh, diversity and inclusion. Like I want to use their language when I speak to them. So it's important for me to learn about them as much as I can. GPA is just a number, man. You're way too smart for a 2.4. GPA. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny, man. Too funny. <laughs> What's that? I mean, what? What kind of content are you consuming? Do you consume any? What? A lot. Yeah. Yours, man. You consume your content. (laughs) (laughs) 
Listen, I'm, I, I'll t- no, but I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after today, um, I'm going to go and look at even more podcasts from you and you because it's important for me to whenever I connect with people, I don't want I don't, I don't like superficial. Right? Like I didn't come in here like, hey, my name is Dr. Joe Johnson. What like that? I don't do that. Like, let's have a real connection. But that's a really I, good like voice thing you got going there. <laughs> <laughs> How are Hello, you? I'm Dr. Joe Johnson. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I know when to pull that card on people. I had to a couple times, and it's so it's it's so funny when people like have a stank attitude, and then I say, yes, can you let them know this is Dr. Joe? Oh. Hey, like I'm like, why you gotta be like that? Like, you know, so I know when to pull that card. Right? Yeah. But you know, the same way that we talk about uh, exercise and going to the gym and the food we put in our bodies, it's important for us for our diet to consume a certain type of content to feed our brains, right, and to feed our souls. And so, you know, we the the type of content that I'm listening to is always stuff on obviously personal development and growth um, but right now I'm in, a, I'm in a season of my life and I'm, I'm going to be transparent with y'all uh, where I had a true wake up call in my relationship with my wife right a true wake up call because I was the guy who thought that su- success would fix the stuff here versus mm-hmm. have your home right and the, the success is going to come Don't like, like that, that'll play out the way it's supposed to play out. And she was, she's been my team member for so long, but I was so focused on getting here, getting, I need, I gotta take advantage of every opportunity because I grew up not having. And what I realized, I was taught by my mother to always be self-sufficient, don't depend on anybody. And what that did throughout my life is I developed an attitude to focus on me, like a self-centered type attitude. You feel me? And even though I got married, we have two beautiful children, I never released myself from that. And what I realized was that I was using some of the same skills and thought process that I used to get out of survival mode, leaving the hood when I'm no longer in survival mode. And it can't work like that. So right now I'm consuming how to be a better man in general and in relationships. Anybody specific that you're like consuming content from? Well, <laughs> so I was just listening to Br- Brene Brown. You know, she does a lot on vulnerability. Uh, and, and one of the reasons why I like her is because she also talks about her struggles. Like, I, and I got to go back and re-listen, but I think she was an alcoholic. I think. The way that she was talking. So I, I don't want to say she was, mm. but she really talks about her struggles a lot. Um, but also I listen to, once again, I listen to a lot of Lewis Howes. His is the School of Greatness, his, his podcast. But what I love about his is it's all about masculinity, like a lot about masculinity. He has a book on masculinity. And, you know, we have to reinvent what it means to be a man because some of the ways that we were taught and what it means to be a man, like, oh, like I spent December and January crying like a baby, like a baby. Man, you just told me I was cute for drinking hey, red wine. You still cute? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you still cute over there, but I was crying like a baby, right? That's awesome. <laughs> but 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 it it was because I had this like epiphany, right? Like, wow. And the other thing that happened during that time is my aunt-in-law, who I'll just say my aunt, passed away, and then that Kobe Bryant situation happened. Mm. And for me, it was like, 
I don't care how much money you have, nobody is untouchable. You never know when your last day could be on this earth. Right. So having all these wake up calls, and for me, it's really getting myself right to realize how can I be a better man, a better a better partner, husband, father, and that's where I am right now. That's where my head is. It's it's unfortunate, but it's it's life that it takes those situations, those scenarios, to kind of bring you to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I'm on it, I mean, I dealt with a lot of it over December, January too, uh -huh. and. You know, if you believe in higher power, faith, and all that kind of stuff, it's like sometimes you you get it because you need it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it just, like I said, it just sucks that it, it takes something like that to kind of open your eyes to really what's important. Um, it's just you wish it wasn't like that. But well, th well, think about it, and and I, I'm going to ask you both of you all a question that I've been asking a lot of men and women. Whose podcast is this, bro? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. This is cool. Well, well, I'm going to test what I've been, no, I'm just kidding. I've been asking a lot of men this because of where I am. Um, do you think you were prepared and had the skills to be in a positive, loving, romantic relationship? Did you grow up with those skills? Did you have it or did you have to learn it or you're still trying to figure it out? Oh, man. No, I mean, I'll go. Um, there's... There's a lot, I mean, I, I, there's a lot that I learned that witnessed and was like, okay, this is what it's like. This is, you know, my, my parents are, they're still together. Uh, they were married in 1976, so they'll be celebrating 44 years together uh -huh. um, in April. Um, I, I don't wish to have any negative commentary. Was it an ideal marriage? I mean, I don't know, but but they were together. Yeah. Um, and so I did get a lot from that, but also even at a young age, I was like, mm, I wanna do something different. Mm. Like there were values that were instilled into me, but there were things I didn't like. Yeah. And, and I couldn't, I mean, I remember being at a young age and it's like, I can't wait to do this on my own because like I, I would do it differently yeah. and I would, be, you know, everybody thinks they do it better, but like, yeah, there's a lot of things from the way we spend holidays to whatever. It's like I couldn't wait for the opportunity. And to be fair, I'm 34 now. I, I've I've lost a lot of relationships because I was so eager to do that that maybe was too uh, smothering or too whatever because I was so eager to build that yeah. that you know maybe didn't have the patience to let something play out. Um, do I have the skills necessary now? No, I think I do. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe it worked out like that for a reason. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm not too naive to say that, um, but I think I do. Uh, but I, but I also would tell you that I'm always learning. Yep. Uh, there are people here that that constantly hold me accountable to being the best man, the best person, and an ever changing society to always kind of keep focused on those growths and not think that you got it figured yeah. out, you know? Yeah. yeah, we need you to be better around here, actually. <laughs> I was actually pointing to Allison, um, to be fair, but uh, oh, also uh, also a huge Brene Brown uh, content consumer. Okay. I was looking over at her when you when you dropped I, I felt her like this. Yeah, she, yeah, she was like, yeah, I got you. Uh, she sends me texts and emails all the time about all kinds of stuff. She holds me accountable in that kind of way. She's yeah. a dear friend, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm always, uh, forward thinking about that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, yeah, that's my answer. I, I gave you enough time to think about uh -huh. yours. Yeah, you're not getting off the hook. <laughs> oh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the country of origin, please? Um, oh. I certainly don't think that I have it figured out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I look back, I'll say this. I and I, I feel like the like one of the luckiest guys on the planet mm -hmm. because my wife, um, you know, and, and and really even in terms of timeline and the way things have worked out, like 
my wife, she was my girlfriend before we even started this business. Yeah. Right? So she's been there from the very beginning. You know, she's she's been through every trial, every tribulation that this business has ever gone through. Mm-hmm. And she has been that rock for me every time something has gone wrong. She has been the 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 person who has always held me up and said, "You've got this." Yeah. You know, and luckily, like in addition to that, I've definitely had team members who have said, I believe in you mm-hmm. and that helps as well. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, like she's like that one person who was always like, You've got this, babe. You've got this. Yeah. You can do this, right? And that you know, so when when it comes to romance, like I definitely think I'm 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 always Learning, I always want to invest into my relationship uh-huh. and always be a better husband, a better a better father. Um, but but that like like she's my rock, man. Yeah. She's 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 the core, and uh, and definitely I, I definitely think I've had good uh, a good example mm-hmm. set forth. Mm-hmm. My, like my parents are still married, um, you know, and I'm 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 sure that they've had their trials over right. the years, right? Or like. Yeah. Um, the, but the value of marriage there has been, uh, as has been a key component, you know, for, for them has been a key focus, like, and that's impacted me and, and divorce, you know, anything like that, no matter what happens is like off the table. Right. It's like not even an option. Um, and, and so like, I don't know, man. I, I I feel like I'm super lucky when it comes to that because, mm-hmm. like, I uh, just have I have that rock, yeah, yeah. you know, and and I, and really even within the last in the last twelve months, like we've we've really gone through um, some trials here mm-hmm. between the different businesses that we operate and um, different kind of marriage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a different kind right, of marriage, right? But you know, my my wife, she's always she's always right there. She's always like. What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and like yeah. that, like that has been such a key factor for me, and and it's great. And I and I don't know if that would be the case if she hadn't have been there from the beginning. She's she's seen what this looked like when it was nothing, right? You know what I mean? Yep. yep. When I was going on more dates with my ex business partner than I was with her, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. trying to get this sucker off the ground. Mm-hmm. Like she she was there, right? Uh, so. Uh, you're getting super deep on me, bro. No, that's, that's I mean, like, listen. Let's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. So what should we be doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, Give it's, us the correct answer, Dr. Joe Johnson. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just always good. Um, <laughs> I am forcing myself, because I didn't used to talk about relationships. It was like, eh, because I feel like, you know, everybody has an opinion once you, you, you know, so, so many people are like, this is how you're supposed to do relationships. I'm like, shut up. No, you do it. You do what works for you. Right. And your relationship. But I think what's important for men is for us to have more dialogue like this. But the other part is for us to unpack our pain. Mm. And I've been in therapy twice a week for the last two months because I realized that even though my background is counseling, I'd never unpacked all of the pain that I've had. Like, my mother, when I was younger, her, her boyfriend put a pistol out on me. I got robbed, had a pistol pointed at my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, all this Like, stuff. what age? Like what, uh, what was I was, I was um, 13 when they put the pistol at my head, got robbed. And I was probably about 16 when her boyfriend put a pistol out on me. And... <coughs> 
those are traumatic experiences. But when you grow up in an environment where you're used to, it's not, it's like, oh man, just this fool better not shoot me, right? But when you look back, when you get older, you're like, I should have been going crazy, right? And there's so many other traumatic experiences that we have and things that happen to us. But once again, we never unpack it. And I think as men, we got, to, we have to unpack our stuff in order for us to be the best men we could be, fathers, partners, husbands, whatever, that we can be in our lives. We got to unpack that stuff. So I'm 100% in love with this conversation because it's something I talk about a lot with, but it's how do you fight that stigma? They're having this conversation is a great start, right? Yeah. But it's everywhere in pop culture. I mean, I even think about the times that I've I've been as raw as it could possibly get. And what do I relate to? I relate to the women singing about it. Uh-huh. I relate to the women that are acting about it on social media and all that kind of stuff because there are no men that are out there that that talk about it. Um, it it's just how how do you fight that stigma to to where it becomes okay? How do you? You know, I mean, I, I, how do you get pop culture out there? So we have songs that we can just be like, you know what? This guy gets it rather than this girl gets it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Because cause we're all, guys are, and I'm not playing the, oh man, it's hard to be a man card, but like it, you always hear the songs about the, the guy that's a womanizer. Uh-huh. He's the one that's breaking the hearts or he's the one that's, you know, uh, the deadbeat or whatever. And it's like, man, I've been on the other end of that yeah. so many times. Yeah. And, and what do I find comfort in? The girl singing about it and mm-hmm. not the guy saying it because that doesn't exist. Right. This is just one small example of it. So how do you, you know, how do we change that to where there's more of a positive <laughs> environment for men to be able to be more human than what society allows us to be? Similar to what I did today. I gave you shit about the wine. Right? Yes, you did. But then also <laughs> said I cried for two months. Right. Right. I'm 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 okay with Cry baby. Okay, hey. Wah wah wah. <laughs> right. <laughs> there, I mean there was a time in my life that you would have said that about the wine and I would have been like, Oh, okay. Yeah, let me know, get some let me get some, right, 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 right. Let me start doing shots out of the bottle, exactly. right? But no, I'm just like, Okay, I, I you know, I'll drink the wine. I don't a- care. A- exactly. And and so, you know, it's it's about us becoming okay and more vulnerable about like just sharing stuff like that. Like I could have left it at that and act like I was super macho. No, your boy cries. Right. Your boy gets hurt. Your boy been man like in some pain you know what I mean and I'm okay to talk to another man about it right we go to our moms often if, if, your, if your mom is still living or your grandmother but how often do we go to the man and have this dialogue of man this is what I'm dealing with and I think we need more of that and to do that we gotta share our vulnerabilities with each other that means like know something about you you know something about me because one of the things that we do is we share but we're scared that people are going to take that and use it and so it's important for it to be vice versa mm-hmm. yeah one, one of my my mentors in this life um has a saying that i just 100 percent wholeheartedly disagree with uh-huh. and he will tell me all the time well well son uh, and you might be able to tell who i'm talking about um <laughs> See, men are physical beings and women are emotional beings and you're just gonna have to get And I'm like, I don't think you understand me at all because right. I'm more like that yeah. than I am them. You know, yeah. like I just, I am an emotional person. Mm-hmm. I I am vulnerable, I am raw, I am the one that saves quotes and stuff on my right. phone. I just, I, I relate to stuff like that. If I talk to my dad about some of that stuff, maybe he gets it. Mm-hmm. I talk to this gentleman about it that's, that I consider you know, a great source of wisdom, uh, a chief of wisdom at that. Uh, <laughs> not, not, uh, <laughs> he, he's our chief, chief of wisdom, I'm talking about Lee. Uh, but, but he's like, you know, he'll, he'll tell me men are physical, women are emotional, and I'm just like, it's not 
how can you be so archaic and like not, you know, so black and white like that? Cause I, I just don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's still that stigma that presents itself. And I just, you know, I'm not for fast forwarding life and, and transport, but I just, I just wish that society would immediately, like I wake up tomorrow and just accept that we could talk about it openly without it being stigmatized. Yeah, that's, that's why it's so important to have, you know, that council together, right? Like for people who have one person that's their go-to for everything, I'm suspect about them because one person can't give you everything. One person may be extremely knowledgeable about helping you in your business, but spiritually they can't feed you. One person may be extremely knowledgeable about feeding you spiritually, but they can't help you out in the gym, right? So we have to have different people that can tap us in different ways. And some, you know, for the lack of a better word, some old school thinking type men, like our dads or our granddads, they come from a certain mindset where back then they worked the woman stayed at home, right? Took care of the kids, cooked. We live in a new age and we deal with a lot. We're, they dealt with a lot, but they, they're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna deal with it, right? And so they give you advice that in reality, they haven't upgraded the programming in their mental laptop, right? And so they're still stuck there giving you advice that was only relevant to the time when they were younger, but now it's no longer relevant. So your counsel got to be right. So as a mindset shifter, which is in our, our program notes here, do you do you have these conversations with people that are kind of stuck in their ways? Is there getting through to them? Well, there's 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 two ways to think about. It. There's one, hey, how can we have some meaningful dialogue and see if you know we can we can have you think differently or have a different perspective? And then there's, I'm not going to argue with a fool. Or I'm not going to have dialogue with somebody that's so stuck. You're wasting my time, mm-hmm. right? So you have to decipher and have the discernment to say, you know, am I going to waste my breath with somebody who they're 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 just them? They're going to be who they are, or you know, you're going to have some mean, meaningful dialogue, and it may shift the person somewhere else. And sometimes it's it's a trial and error. Let me try it, and then you figure out, up oh, that person ain't budging, so leave it alone. That don't mean you can't like them or be around them, but you know, certain type of conversations not going anywhere. You know, so you have to have that discernment in yourself to know what how to deal with those individuals. He give me the stare down, man. What's no, up, man? What's up? This is awesome, man. <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Um, we're gonna have to wrap up in a little bit, actually. But like, before we do, what's the what's been the biggest story that you know when you're getting on stage, mm-hmm. you know through your career, all of the stuff that's happened, what's been like the biggest impact story that you've heard? Where like somebody came to you and they're like, man, you changed my life. Or, you know, like, what's what's the biggest impact story you've heard? Well, I wasn't on stage in this particular one. I was at okay. the gym. Okay. And I play basketball maybe three, four times a week and your boy still got some skills. Now I'm out there, the young guys are like, sir. Then I go out there, they're like, I want him next game, right? <laughs> but I was, on the, I was on the court and I'm still very competitive. Very competitive. All my boys played Division One. A couple of them played overseas basketball. I was the only one that ended up playing football in, in college. But I was playing with this one guy and he was just stinking it up. And I was like, oh, dude, what's up? And after at the end of the game, he came to me and he said, uh, man, I'm just happy to be out here. And I started talking to him. I was like, what, what do you mean? He said, man, I went to a chiropractor and they accidentally broke my back. And so I had to get surgery uh, about a year ago. And so I'm just happy to be out here. And in that moment, I was just like, 
all the judgment I had about his basketball skills and what are you doing out here, I said, it's perspective, man. Like, I didn't know his story. And so for me, how do I get to know folks' stories before I start saying, oh, you're this or you're that? So that moment right there really changed the way that I look at people. You didn't have the context. Yeah. So I have to say this just because I did talk about it earlier. And and for anybody listening, I I don't want to make it seem like I was throwing anybody under the bus or anything. but, But one of the other mantras I've gotten from the guy I was talking about earlier is there's always a side of the story that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's something that I've always found incredibly valuable because it's a it's a it's a it's an accountability check. Yep. You can assume the worst. I deal with it in leadership. Someone calls out sick. Sometimes the first thing that goes through your mind is, "Are you really sick? Right, right. Could, could you really not come to work? Yeah. You know." And it, and it's because we've we deal with it as leaders, and now it's like I'm thinking about how I got to rearrange my day and who's gonna have to pick up the slack. But it's like. I have to remind myself, well, first of all, they might really be sick. And the first thing is is the welfare of that employee. Are they okay? Maybe they're lying to me. I don't know. At that point, <laughs> like, you know what? It doesn't even matter. Like, right. I mean, a little bit, but like, it doesn't matter. But it's that there's always a side of the story that you don't know. Do they feel comfortable in even telling me the truth? I mm-hmm. have to ask myself mm-hmm. that question. Is it is it a mat or is it like, I mean, are they, do I take them for the words that they're puking their brains out right now? But like, <laughs> Sometimes you gotta get Were you really that. sick a couple of weeks ago when you were like I was top three sickest I've ever been <laughs> in my life. Uh true story if if you I had were, to record a podcast by myself. Oh, uh, you left your here. boy hanging, we, man. It was sick. I learned a valuable lesson that uh chicken wings sick. are great for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sushi, maybe not so much when it's a six PM kickoff and you don't like put it up until like eleven o'clock at night uh, and then you eat it for lunch the next day. Yeah, uh, don't ever Bad do that. Idea. Yeah, so um, you had the bubble guts. Oh, I had it. man! Well, uh, off record, I'll tell you stories. Of, uh, All right, we're moving on. Yeah, no, uh, but always decide the story that you that you don't know, and that's yeah. that's definitely a valuable. Um, like I said, it's an accountability check too. Yeah, because um, you just, I mean, you never know. That's why I love. That's why I love going places. Like you know, I got tattoos and like they see them, and, and sometimes people are scared of me. Like I get in the elevator, go places, yeah. and little. Do they know like what I do? And it's not that I want to. They're just making that judgment based yeah, off that, right? And sometimes I just want to go ah, and just scare the hell out of them, <laughs> just because. But it's like you don't know. I mean, to be fair, you could have a hat that said like "softy" instead of "savage." But like, <laughs> savage and everything, just business, everything, right? But but you're right, man. I mean, uh, you know, just the fact that we got to check ourselves, man. We got to. Everybody has is is going through something or have been through something, and they they have a side of the story that we do not know. So we got to check ourselves. That's good. Love it. What what's what's your biggest failure? My biggest failure uh, up to this date is the way that I was operating in my relationship with my wife, to be flat honest. Because once again, I thought that, and Will Smith said it the best. He put it the best uh, a couple weeks ago. He said, you can't achieve your way out of your childhood wounds, Mm. right? And I was like, oh, that's deep. That's deep, right? And so I think I had a lot of childhood wounds that was impacting my relationship and how I operated in the relationship. And I thought that success in business will work this out. The business part, I mean, the, the relationship part out. That's not the case. I had to do some work on me. And I think that's my biggest failure to this day. 
But is, still that a, working. is that an overnight realization? Like, did it just click one day, or is it something that you still find yourself working on? Oh, it's, it, I learned that I'm gonna. It's gonna be a continuous process. I'll probably have a therapist or a coach my mm-hmm. whole life because I can't. I just, I just need it. I just need it, and, and I want it. I, I want. I need it. I want it. I desire it because I, I desire to be a better me. Right, and that's real. Not not like, you know, I always want to level up type, but. Right. There's, I tell people all the time, like they see me on Instagram, they see me speaking. Oh, I said, you know, one thing about my career that it's taken off, but because I haven't done the true work that I needed on myself, it hasn't taken its truest flight yet. All right, so I'm getting ready to take flight, y'all. So y'all better watch out. <laughs> so how do you how do you delineate between something that could be motivating? You know, something from your childhood that you're like, hey, this isn't gonna be me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rise up, I'm gonna mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I'm gonna do things differently. Versus that actually, in truth, holding you back. Yeah. Well, it's deep, man. I think, you know, I just think about the energy that I put out from the wounds that I have, right? And, you know, that's the prime, prime example. like. They used to call me Joe Stud when I was younger. Why? Because I had a lot of girls. Yeah. Right? Joe Stud, blah, 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 blah. But in a space that I'm in where I'm traveling a lot, and I'll put, I'll put like a whole picture of my family up, and you have these women that will still, hey, so are you married? You just saw the whole picture. Like, what is your problem, right? And so it's like, it's always these tests. That's Call, Colin, t- all the girls gets that too. <laughs> Colin, all the girls. Throwback to 2003, MySpace, baby. I will never. Oh, that was, that was your name? Oh, that's my oh, MySpace yeah. name, Colin, all the girls. If, if there is one, I will never miss an opportunity to throw that one out there. I'm gonna go Google that just to oh, see what yeah. pops up. Oh yeah, that, Call it all the that and his uh, his Facebook status back when that was a thing was was swinger status. I I'll never forget that. Either. That's what you had. Stop up. it. Yeah, that's true. You know it is. <laughs> sorry, Shannon. I'm not sorry to you though. <laughs> swinger status. Swinger status. Oh man. my! Hey, you know what? I'm not even gonna jump into that. Hey, hey, what works for you works for you, right? No, I'm just kidding. Two things it's I like will 2002, never, 2003 ever is my space. I was in college. <laughs> Back when we were all coders. Calling all the girls. Right. <laughs> HTML trying to make my page look awesome. Right. Come on. Right. I had Google Dolls playing in the background of my page, so that's my my cross the bear. <laughs> Gosh, dude, I miss MySpace. The, the but, real MySpace. But but yeah, man, it's just like you, you know you're th- you're always going to get tests thrown your way, and the question is, do you have the discipline? Do you have what it takes to re- just knock down all of those those tests that's going to come your way? And I think part once again, part of that is unpa- unpacking and seeing what you need to release from yourself. For example, I created the R4 process that's in my new book, right? It's reflect, release, reprogram, restart in any situation in your life, right? You reflect on what, what's going on, you release, because some of us, like we have these people in our lives that did something to us and we never release ourselves from that pain or that hurt. We don't forgive or we don't forgive ourselves for the stuff that we did or did not do, right? We don't reprogram ourselves. And the way that I say, the, the way that I speak about that is you gotta get around people that radiate the type of positive energy, right? Because you know they talk about the law of attraction, but you gotta radiate 
right, in order to receive, right? So you got to get around people that radiate, you know, the, that positive energy and they're tapped into their purpose and it, it'll just feed right into you, right? It'll bleed from them right into you. And then that last thing is to restart. We all have the capacity to restart. restart. So I'm saying all that to say that there's always going to be tests, but you got to know where you need to grow in your areas that you need to develop, right? And that's that unpacking piece for young men and for, for, for women, because women go through hell as well, mm. right? But men, for some reason, we don't talk about it the way women talk about it. So is there, you talked about being cut from, from your football team, not knowing why. You hear in, in professional sports all the time, you got that guy that went undrafted or didn't go to the second or third round, he's got the, the proverbial chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Is that unhealthy motivation? Is that something that you would say you gotta you go, go through that process, reflect, really, you know, or it, how, do you, how do you find out what's holding you back, what might be toxic for your growth, mm-hmm. and what's actually a positive motivator? Well, I like the example of, you know, maybe you didn't get drafted where you wanted to get drafted or you got cut or whatever it may be because that's, that, that's nothing but like, oh, okay. It's kind of like somebody said, no, you can't do that. You're not good enough, right? And so for me, that's healthy motivation. Uh, that's healthy, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm about to prove these folks wrong. And it's not that I'm proving everybody wrong, but it's making sure that I'm, I'm living up to what I know I am and who I know I am. Um, and then the other part is, yes, you have stuff that, that, that holds you back. Like, like, what do you think holds you back? Like, what, what was one of your Oof. flaws that was holding you back? It just back? got real hot in here. You got the, <laughs> you got the messed up. Uh, one of my flaws that's holding me back, uh, sometimes I feel like I have imposter syndrome. Okay, okay. Yeah. Come. Um, what's holding me back? Or have. It might not be now, but it has before. I'll give one before you. I think I was extremely self-centered. You were extremely self-centered. Yes. I don't know if I have an answer to this question. Okay. Um, I don't feel like I've ever really been held back. The, the, the only example I can think of is, uh, and even it, it, and it didn't hold me back, was, you know, <laughs> I've talked about it multiple times, was when, my, when, when I told my dad that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and he told me, when you fell in six months, don't come crying to me for money. Mm-hmm. And I think he tr- like tried to like steer, steer me in the direction of like this safety, yeah. safety net, the safe path, right? Uh, he wanted what was best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that even that didn't hold me back. I still went down this path and I still did what I wanted to. So I, I, I don't know. We gonna, we, I think another way to ask that, excuse me, is to ask someone that's close to you, right? What do you think was something that held column, right? Maybe your wife or just, you know, somebody that's been around. It could be somebody from your past, just somebody that's close to you. And, you, you know, you don't have to answer that now, but I'm, I'm, I know that that was a piece of me and an imposter. I would say imposter because, you know, as a black male, there was a way that I had to operate, right? In certain, in certain spaces, Right. Like you tell me, I had that, that voice like I can I can go back home. And be like, what up, dog? What's good? What's happening, man? What's popping? And then I can get in, into an office and be like, hey, how are you? Awesome. <laughs> right. Like I know how to turn it on. Right. Is that, is that your critique on white people? I just no, to- that's just that, that was my profession, professional, my professional voice. See, I didn't say white. I didn't say uh, I white. People. I know. That's my professional that voice. <laughs> but, you know, I know how to cut it on. Like, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, it was a, it was I am doing well versus I'm used to saying, oh, I'm great. Oh, I'm good. 
right? I'm doing well. Like I heard so many professional or that's how you're supposed to say it. But you know, the reality is, man, I said, you know, I'm gonna be my authentic self, right? I'm gonna be who I am. Some people gonna like it, some people not gonna like it, right? In my mind, I'm giving you a fuck you, right? In my mind, I'm not saying that out loud, but in my mind, because some people, they just have issues. And some, look, this woman came to me one time after I spoke, she said, you know, you come off kind of cocky. And I was like, really? I never heard that before. And then I said to her, I think I know what it is. I said, you've never been around somebody that's so tapped into their purpose. See, that's a different energy and it feels different. And when you're around so many people that are not tapped into their purpose, you don't know what to do when you get around somebody like that. And she Mm. just looked at me like, and I just walked off because that's real. I'm not cocky. I just love life. I love what I do. I'm tapped all the way in to my purpose. And some people can't take that. We got to wrap up in a minute. (laughs) But on that, what's your purpose? So I'm going to be very clear because my wife and I have been talking about this. Uh, Well, let me say she's mentioned it. And she talked about how a lot of times when we talk about purpose, we talk about it in the context of your career. Right in the work that you do, and I know my my the book that I wrote, the first book, "Pursue Your Purpose, Not Your Dreams." It was a focus on you know what are you going to do in terms of your career, but my purpose in life, to be honest, is to build a family that I didn't grow up with. I'm not saying I had the worst family at all. I love my family, but my wife and children need to know that they are number one and everything that I do is for them and their input matters. That's number one. The other part is my friends and the people that I hang around. If I'm not bringing value and positive energy and helping them develop, I'm not their friend. That's number two. And number three is when it's all said and done and I'm gone, I want the world to begin to talk more about purpose than they do dreams. Because we'll talk about dream big, follow your dreams all day long. But for some reason, we don't like to have as much dialogue about purpose. And that's a totally different conversation because purpose and dreams are not the same thing. Every blue moon, they align, but they're not the same thing. So those are my three. So how do you change that? Do what I do. Keep writing about it. Like my next book. Right. My first book was Pursue Your Purpose, Not Your Dream. Now my third book is about purpose as well. At from a different context, I've been doing a lot more work and having conversations like this and bringing it up because whenever I say, "What do you think when you when you hear Pursue Your Purpose, Not Your Dreams?" People are like, "Hmm, ha, ha." Right. But then also living it because what people don't understand is there's there's if you never tap into the initial layer of your purpose, you will never get introduced to the other layers that come along with that. Because when you started this, and when you started to do this work, you probably never thought that you'd get introduced to whatever, or this, or that. Because your purpose will put you around people that you never thought you would be around. Your purpose will take you to places that you've never been. Your purpose will put you in so many different areas that your pastor can't take you. That's why purpose is so important. So I have a question for you. Can your purpose bankrupt you? Can your purpose bankrupt you? Yeah, and the reason- Financially. And the reason I, I asked that is, um, I'm gonna try not to, <laughs> I, I'm trying not to get emotional. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I started this podcast mm-hmm. 98 episodes ago, mm-hmm. 98 weeks ago. Um, 
because I believe in this purpose. I yeah. believe in this mission yeah. of building this community. Mm-hmm. I sit on the board for the Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. I participate in, I was participating in meetings between the city of Gainesville, Chamber of Commerce, the University of Florida, Santa Fe College, um, and all these organizations that are coming together to really try to create a unified vision for yeah. this community. Mm-hmm. I love this community. My, my first 18 years of my life were spent bouncing around all over the world as an Air Force child, mm. you know? I went to three high schools in four years. Mm. Um, you know, and I came to the University of Florida Luckily, because I got in the only the only school that I applied to <laughs> from 2000 to 2004. Mm-hmm. Started a business, realized that I didn't fit the mold of you know college life and yeah. getting a corporate job and having the stability and all. That. I, I realized that I didn't fit the mold. I realized that my life was special. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was meant for a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was meant, I was put on this earth to invest and build this community. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2018, we started this podcast, right? And I did so because for three missions that I've talked about plenty of times over the course of this podcast, one, to help us retain our top seven talent mm-hmm. coming out of the University of Florida, keep a lot of them here in Gainesville. Two, to re, to attract talent, experienced talent, investor dollars to Gainesville, Florida. And three, to build as many connections as possible between business owners here in, in Gainesville, mm-hmm. right? All of this has happened. We're at episode 98. And, and I'll be honest, like, luck, luckily, you, you know, you heard me talk about our incredible sponsor, yeah. Darshak Howe Insurance. We're, we're, we're coming around that curve where we're starting to get sponsorships to help us pay for this. But like, um, when I started this thing, I hadn't, there was even, no, there was no even, there was not even a plan for sponsorships, right? And, and so these sponsorships are critical to, um, to fueling mm-hmm. this mission, mm-hmm. right? And so, so I'm going after it. I'm going after them hard now because, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like, we we need them. We need we need help to to support this podcast and to keep this thing living on and to tell stories exactly like yours yeah. and to show the great talent that came out of the University of Florida, mm-hmm. the, the great businesses that are here contributing to this community, all, like everything. Um, but through that, I've realized I'm like, if I don't do it, if I don't execute quick enough. Mm-hmm if I don't get these sponsorships, my purpose, those missions, and the reason that I'm doing this could bankrupt me. Hmm. I've invested thousands of dollars into this Mm -hmm. because I believe in it so much. Can your purpose bankrupt you? And how do you prevent it from doing so? Well, well, let me say this because one, I see, you know, your heart is in this, right? Big time. Yeah, and you know, the way that I would answer that question is, and to be frank and honest, like every blue moon, I think financially that 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 probably can happen, but you can't let it bankrupt your soul. And when you're doing heart and soul work, there's a there's a there's something that happens in that type of work where 
it may not work out that first time or the way that you thought it was supposed to work out or it might work not might not work out that second time but you're a businessman and you're smart and what that means is when you're doing heart and soul work you're going to say you know what if this isn't working here i got to do it this way or let me try this way right you're smart enough to do that and so what i would say is yes to the financial maybe you can but don't let it bankrupt your soul because when you're doing something like this for the reason that you're doing it You'll never go bankrupt and it's going to work out the way that it's supposed to work out because you're also smart on top of that. Right. So that's how I'm going to answer that question. And I may not have answered it the way you wanted to hear it, but that's how I feel. it. That's good, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Absolutely. We got super deep on this episode <laughs> of the WHO. <laughs> uh, sometimes we just get super deep. No, that's that's good, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on our show. Man, thank this, you. This is awesome, me. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell our audience where they could connect with you, where they could follow you, send you a DM, whatever. Like, I know you're on on Instagram because that's where I'm uh, always chatting with you. I'm on Instagram heavy at Joe Johnson Speaks. Heavy, like I'm on there every single day at Joe Johnson Speaks. I mean, you can catch me on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, but Instagram is where you'll find me. But also, you know, for those of you who are trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, career, whatever it may be, you can go to purpose2020.com, purpose2020.com. And if you if you think you want to be a speaker and you want to tap into that world, you can go to speakerhack.com, speakerhack.com. I think I needed a speaker. <laughs> you've, you've plugged yourself before, haven't you? Oh, always. <laughs> oh, oh. And, and last thing I will say, because I say it all the time, and if we're closing out, and this is the last thing I just say, I'll just say, pursue your purpose, not your dreams. And in life, we do two things. Either we evolve or we evaporate. I'm Dr. Joe Johnson. Thank you all for having me. <laughs> evolve or evaporate. I like I actually like <laughs> Well, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is yes. this is awesome. Yes, this is great. Thank you. Wow, world, thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. What was that, Joey Lawrence? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you later. Bye. <laughs>